Welcome to another episode of the No Season 2 Podcast. I'm your host, George, with my good pal, Megan, and we're talking about my so-called life. Episode 9, Halloween, original air date, October 27th, 1994. Megan, before we get into the episode, how are you? How was your week? We haven't seen each other in a while. Bunch of, bunch of crap going on. <laughs> uh, my week. My week is good. I watched... Um... One of the summer films that I watch every summer, Falling Down on Saturday with Michael Douglas. Yeah, I know that movie. <laughs> this is a Joel Schumacher house over here. So. Whoa. <laughs> I did not know. How are you? Why are you keeping this from me? I, I, I love Falling Down. <laughs> I love the movie. It holds up, but like, obviously, it's like problematic, but <laughs> it holds what, up. What, white male paranoia? Yeah. <laughs> White grievance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, white grievance. I mean, it holds up in the sense that people still feel like this today, so... Yeah, the thing that I loved about that movie as a kid, I liked the fact that, like, every time he, like, re-upped with, the, like, a weapon, it got, like, progressively more violent. Yeah, like, just like a video game. Because the movie starts with a bat. <laughs> yeah, escalates to a knife, then, like, a yeah. bag of guns, and then, like, a torpedo yeah. launcher. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> wow. When you said summer movie, I wasn't thinking you were going to say falling down. I saw, one, I saw one of the big summer movies of 2023. I saw the Barbie movie. Oh, you did? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I'm seeing Oppenheimer later. So when this airs, this will be like a few months after the fact of the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Yeah, I saw Barbie. Uh, I saw Barbie last week. Is it good? Or Thursday. Um... <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> no, it is good. It was, it's, but like, I think part of the appeal of the movie experience is like seeing it with like friends and having drinks, getting dressed up, taking photos. I saw it by myself, mm. one o'clock on a Thursday. So like a middle-aged like man by himself at the Barbie yeah, movie. Yeah, in my theater it was like, the average age was like nine. <laughs> so Someone called the cops on this man. <laughs> I haven't even gotten it was like the part's creepy. I said it all the way in the back, which is also <laughs> creepy. Too. But like the jokes, like we just went over there all these kids' heads. And it's kinda hard to laugh at something when nobody else is laughing with you. Mm. So like uh I mean, it was a weird movie experience. Like, there's there's a couple parts in which you like wanted to hear like a yeah, like a uh, nobody. <laughs> but nine year olds show. don't have any idea what's going on. No, 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 no. So it was like it's like a weird like adult movie. I guess it's for kids. It's not for kids. I don't think it's for kids. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I get the impression that it's more for like people my age, <laughs> like played with Barbies when they were like nine. It's entertaining. I mean, your boy is really good at it. I mean, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic, actually. I'm a sucker for like a dance sequence in a movie and i think the dance number is pretty entertaining and he can dance he can dance yeah he actually can dance i like how inclusive it is but i mean i don't know if it had anything to do with the movie it is entertaining I That's good. And, it, and it's under two hours which i wish more movies were under two hours <laughs> like a tight 90 minute film let's get back to let's get back to that tell me about it i'm, I'm uh currently watching true lies for the first time in like lord knows how long it's long it's like, wow. right it's pretty long but it moves really quickly You're like oh man this is this is some, two, some two and a half hour films do not move <laughs> no quickly. yeah i was like i said i'm seeing oppenheimer in three hours i'm afraid i might fall asleep in the theater that always is the <laughs> if it's a little too warm in there you might doze off yeah no i mean like i have fallen asleep in many theaters i went to film school and i was the worst film student in, in class was constantly falling asleep <laughs> i learned something this week this direct tie-in 
to my night and our podcast. The actor who plays Graham is Tom Irwin. Yes. So after after being at the doctor's office for however long I was, I was like, I think I'm gonna go and go to Best Buy and treat myself. Bought myself Apple TV because mm-hmm. I'm like three years behind everybody else. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, watching the morning show, which is I hear it awful, but kind of like I enjoy it at the same time. And one of the characters on the morning show. Is the aforementioned Tom Irwin? So he is still working today. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I I went and bought an Apple TV and Grant and Tom Irwin sold it to oh, me. Was sold it to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like a major character on the first season of uh, the Morning Show, and I was like, oh shit, I know that guy. Does he suck as <laughs> shit? In the morning yeah, show, as he sucks as much. And, well, I started watching it and I fell asleep. Uh, I'm also seeing uh, I'm seeing two movies today. I'm seeing Oppenheimer and then one of my favorite movies, oddly enough, Over My Right Shoulder. Mm. 36 by 24 frame movie poster of one of my favorite movies of all time. They're playing in the city. And they're playing in like 35 millimeter. And I was like, oh, sick. Mm. Uh, and that is Midnight Run. And uh, Tom Irwin is also in that. So really? I had, a big, I had a big Tom Irwin week this week. You did? <laughs> the, the episode was enough. Tom <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good little segue to get into our episode. Episode nine, Halloween. Before we get into the synopsis, Megan, okay, I have a question that I have for you. This is another episode of by Jill Gordon. We talked about Jill last week. She was a writer on Thirty um, Something, and last week's episode felt like a Thirty Something episode. Mm-hmm. This episode, uh, Halloween, was this a good episode of television? Before you get into the synopsis, was it a good episode of television? Uh, I watched better episodes of television. <laughs> It was a little all over the place for me personally. So <laughs> it wasn't my favorite episode that we've watched. Sure. It's At a- this point, it's a list of like not so great episodes. <laughs> We're on a we're on a real run. There's no hate to Jill Gordon. We love we love my so called life. I just like the last two episodes have not been like my favorites because a lot of uh, a lot of the, the parents in it. Yeah, there was uh, and, some parents in this. Yeah, yeah, there's oh. so so. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. go with the synopsis. The synopsis is I feel like longer than it has been, and we'll see if I can read my handwriting. So the episode is called Halloween. So obviously it's Halloween in Three Rivers. And we have a story of a haunted costume and a cursed costume. The cursed costumes are the pirate costume and Rapunzel costume that Patty and Graham rent last minute for a Halloween party that they never make it to because the costumes make them hot for each other. And they, they spend Halloween night having sex, which gross. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the high school, Jordan is on the verge of being booted from school for never showing up to class. After class in the bathroom, uh, Rayanne is dressed as a vampire and she gives Angela a 1960s outfit to wear for Halloween. Angela showed up costumeless, I guess. Originally thought she might have been too cool for a costume and then realized everyone was dressed up. So it's cat eye glasses and a skirt and a sweater. There's also a book to go with the outfit, which really this is the majority of the episode. The book happened to be last checked out by Nikki Driscoll, who is basically a 1960s version of Jordan Catalano. And he died after falling from the gym rafters on Halloween night. While in costume, Angela starts seeing Nikki, but 
the first time it's just Jordan loitering in the stairwell. Um, she tells him he's close to being kicked out of school, but it's Jordan, so he's unbothered by this information. Uh, Rayanne catches up with Angela saying um, Tino thinks that they should all try to contact Nikki's spirit later that evening because of this book. Fast forward to the evening, Ricky, who is dressed as Brian Krakow, having borrowed Brian's clothing, doesn't really want anything to do with it because Rayanne wants to break into the school. Brian Krakow, of course, shows up uninvited and he doesn't want to break into the school, obviously, because he's a nerd, um, but he knows a way in and he shows them. Brian also accidentally locks them in to the school because he is being a creep and checking out Rayanne's legs as she adjusts her um, stockings. In a turn of events that made me think that J.J. Abrams wrote this episode, um, <laughs> Angela wanders off and starts hearing a slowed down version of Blue Moon. She goes into the gym and two girls from the class of 1963 are talking about Nikki Driscoll and not in like a positive way, kind of that Nikki's a loser. Angela leaves the gym and sees Nikki talking to his friend about going up in the rafters. Angela ends up talking to him and tries to convince him not to go up into the rafters because obviously he's going to die if he does that, but he doesn't listen. And so obviously he still dies. Mm -hmm. While all this is going on, Brian and Rayanne are stuck in the basement together. Ricky runs into Jordan Catalano under the bleachers outside trying to avoid a bunch of teenagers on motorcycles and Sharon trick-or-treats with Danielle who is dressed up as Angela. The next day Brian talks to Ricky about the night before thinking that Rayanne embellished their night together but she did not. Uh, Angela, <laughs> Angela talks to Jordan again to convince him to come to class worried I think that what happened to Nikki could happen to Jordan. Jordan ends up Coming to English class, and Angela finds a dried out rose in the book that Nikki had checked out 30 years ago. So that's that's the episode. Nicely done. Nicely done. Before I get into some of the questions about the episode, I got like one production note. There is a reference to the Kurt Cobain uh, Rolling Stone yeah. issue of uh, when he died. Um, uh, that issue it was from June 2nd, 1994. So I always like to make sure that TV shows and movies and stuff like that actually have like the right like uh, references and that yeah. one they actually got right. When you were in high school, did you dress up for Halloween? In high school? Mm. Not really. Yeah, I don't remember dressing up in high school either. I dressed up in college. Definitely for college, like, going out. But I don't know if I did for college, like, going to yeah, class. Yeah, not, like, going to class. <laughs> right. All right. So I just want to make sure we're on the... Uh... On the same page, we got to introduce to another to a new character this week, Miss Lerner, the new English teacher, the, right? the new English teacher, what dressed did you as think Obi Wan, as Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> At first, I thought she was dressed as Moses. I thought so too, but then I saw the lightsaber tucked into her belt and realized she was Obi Wan Kenobi. And then she tried to use the Force on the kids, which yeah. I thought was a was a which was a little, little little corny. But the only one that seems to care that Jordan's not coming. Coming to class. Here's enough that really she'll give a shit. get him kicked out of school. Um, uh, how on the nose was Sharon's costume? Of course, she would wear like the sexy. Her costume was it sexy. I mean, I guess as sexy as like just wearing a lycra bodysuit, but she did not look like a cat. She looked like a mouse, as everyone kept saying. So or like a rat. Yeah, I just look more like a rat. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm surprised no one told her that costume was inappropriate. No, I mean, it was not appropriate for high school. In fact, I think I saw stuff. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Arrest this man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I was like, it's like, should this be on ABC TV? Well, I mean, then there's like also Graham and Patty getting Don't. on. <laughs> First of all, okay, I did love the lady that worked at the costume shop. She's good. She was good. But I could have done without Graham and Patty like doing it like i much yeah. preferred when their relationship was floundering and they didn't seem to get along because gross it was gross yeah no i mean so that's the reason why i felt like uh like what once again this isn't like a jill gordon hate this isn't a jill gordon hate podcast but like for us we're more interested in the, the stories of the children the children even, the kids children. even though we're <laughs> the age of the parents. yeah we're the age of the parents <laughs> shit i might even be older actually Parts of this episode, again, felt like there is something, the role-playing and going to the party and blah, 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 blah. Also, Patty hired Graham's replacement, right. but he he's doing a terrible job, I guess. Always has a reason why he can't come to work. She needs to fire him. And, like, Graham is like, oh, do you want me to fire him? And then, like, after they go to Pound Town, the next day, Patty is like, I can fire him. I don't, like, I don't need you to. And then Graham's like, part of right. me wants you to need me to fire him. And it's like... Ugh, it's like exile these parents to like a show that I don't have to watch, quite frankly. Right. Yeah, no, it's a, that part of the show is not my favorite. I think as the show goes on, we're going to see more of the, the, the children because the like, I remember some of the teens. I hope because like that's what the show is supposed to be about. I don't know at this point. Megan, we are burying the lead here. So of the episodes that I remember from watching when I was either in high school or college or whenever re-aired on MTV. This is the one that I remember the most for one reason, and that is Danielle's performance <laughs> as her older sister, Angela. Quite was spot a plus on. Plus, was A+. Plus, a+. Plus plus. Where'd she get the wig? The That's wig was I incredible. The shirt was incredible. How she stood. Uh, for listeners who are, who are watching the show with us, uh, Danielle dresses up as Angela for for Halloween and does the way she talks. The moody teen. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I, one year for Halloween, I was probably in middle school. I went as a moody teen for Halloween and my friend and I went trick-or-treating and we went to one house and the guy gave my friend candy, but he gave me a pamphlet about finding Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's the that's the worst <laughs> trick or treat story I've ever heard. Still haven't found him. <laughs> I once got when I was trick or treating. I think I was like, you know, what's the age? But I was like, all right, this is probably too old. I think Sharon is probably right at that age. Yes, like, all right, I guess she, she was babysitting. <laughs> that is very true. But uh, I remember going out. I think I was like maybe eleven or twelve. So like the first year that I'm going without parents, twelve, thirteen, something like that. And somebody gave us. Easter candy. Mm. And I was like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> was it stale? Did you eat it? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was from Easter. Mm, candy's candy. No, it's not. It's like, <laughs> I already don't like peeps anyway, but fucking oh, peeps. Oh, it was Halloween. peeps. It yeah. was peeps. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like, you know, like a Reese's egg or something. No. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> fucking yellow peeps. And I was like, get out of here with that. Gross. 
And then I was thinking also the same Halloween trip. I remember getting loose candy. <laughs> like it wrap, was it wrapped up? Did it have wrappers no. or was it just like unwrapped like Jolly Ranchers? It was like, imagine a bowl full of M&Ms and somebody Ew. putting their hand and then putting it in a bag. If we were both, if me and my cousin were like, ugh. They, they, things people did like pre-COVID. Yeah, it was like, here's, here's some unwrapped candy for that ass. Gross. <laughs> so, so gross. Oh, imagine all those like little kids, like hands, like no, going into the it, bucket for a minute. I think I was already a germaphobe to begin with anyway. And then that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You were curled up in a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my two, my two uh, mamas from Halloween that kind of grossed me out. Um, uh, let's go to some of the segments. Who was your big winner of this episode? Big winner. Um, I think it's a tie. Just because this is a Halloween episode, I'm going on costumes here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big winners for me were Danielle and Ricky. Just because like, I don't like Ricky's costume. I don't think technically was to be Brian, but he did wear Brian's clothing. It was just to be like everybody else right. kind of thing. And he nailed. Yep. He nailed it. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I wanted to start off with, like, this episode talking about how much I enjoyed Danielle. I don't know what that actor is right now, but based on that alone, I was like, this person should get an Emmy. Danielle's my big winner, even though I enjoyed Ricky's costume. I like the way his hair looked. <laughs> he had it kind of, like, flattened. Yeah, I thought his hair looked kind of rad. Uh, I feel but, like he should have gone full crack out. <laughs> yeah, and been creepy. Done his hair like... Done his hair like Brian. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, I love what, the way Angela eviscerates him in the classroom. It's like, isn't it so weird that everybody's dressed up? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> Look at you, clown. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to wear a costume. Yeah. Sound like a freak. <laughs> yeah, so Danielle's my big winner of this this week's episode. And I knew going into this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Wait till you see the, the, the Danielle performance. Even with the arms. Yeah, yeah. Where she's kind of like cuddling herself into the, the shirt is her only friend. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Um, who is your big loser this week? Big loser, Brian Krakow. Whoa, <laughs> give it a reason. Um, he's a creep. Krakow's creepy. He's a creep, and also when he's talking to Ricky at the end of the episode, and he's like thinking that. Rayanne made up a story about like their wild night <laughs> together trapped in a basement where like nothing really happened between them. But I think he thought she was going to embellish it and make him like, no, you're a creep. Do you know what's funny? This is why it's always important to have like diverse like writers rooms, because I that was not a note that I would have even thought of. I just thought it was like uh, he was hoping to say like how awesome of a time it was just to hang out with Brian. <laughs> and, uh, no. and you're thinking it's like, oh, no, he was like. He was hoping that the slutty Rayanne was going to be like, yo, I spent the night with Brian. Yeah, blah, blah, that's, blah, blah, blah. that's the impression I got because he Which seemed is, really like bummed out that rookie was like, oh, yeah, she said you guys got lo- locked in. So even yeah, so Rayanne doesn't want even slutty Rayanne doesn't, like, doesn't want no, any no, no, Brian. No. Because this person is filled with terrible ideas and is constantly waiting out for a dude that never comes <laughs> and <laughs> drinks like there's some old longshoreman and is constantly getting the cast and trouble and i don't think it's a great hang uh my biggest loser is rayanne i think rayanne stinks did she drink in this episode she does yeah oh <laughs> i didn't even didn't even like register for <laughs> yeah you know was... it's like it's like we're waiting for tino he's gonna, we're gonna break into school blah blah blah, blah. i just tino like, I'm like of course tino doesn't show up it was like at this point it's like tino's not even a, it's just unreliable was tino one of the people on the bikes uh 
<laughs> near the bleachers would, that Ricky was trying to avoid. I think we're never, ever going to see Tino on the TV show. It's kind of weird. This is a very, very loaded category. Um, uh, we're going to go and jump into it. What was your favorite fit of the My Sweet favorite fit? I'm going to go like off. I'm going to say the teacher had the best, like, <laughs> outfit. <laughs> the best outfit. I mean, like, you know, she could have been Moses. She could have been Obi-Wan. You just take the lightsaber out, pick up like a stone. You're Moses. You put the lightsaber back in. You're Obi-Wan. She put a lot of effort into it. That level of commitment, Mm -hmm. especially with the beard. And and as a teacher, knowing she's going to get like made fun. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that was, that was, I was very much committed to like, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. That's definitely on my list. I've got a I've got a number one, but I'm a I'm gonna give some love to I like Angela's look because I've always been attracted to that kind of like that girl with that where's that where's that sweater with those glasses. I've always I've always loved like a barista kind of like look <laughs> like a like a Zoe National kind of glasses look. I've never like, heard it this I've never heard I've never heard a tweed skirt, like a chunky sweater and like cat eye glasses described as the barista. <laughs> 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 I, I I don't know. I'm like I'm a sucker for that uh, that uh, Zoe Deschanel kind of look. Um, uh, but that's not my number one. My number one is I think it kind of makes sense of the time because like in the '90s there was like a real big swing revival. So like uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy mm. and the movie Swingers. Yeah. So Nikki Driscoll wins my best fit of this week because I <laughs> okay. do like that look. I like that that red, almost kind of like bowler shirt. With the uh, the the white tank top underneath and the the black trousers, I'm sure he had like a long wallet chain. And as mm-hmm. a fan of the movie Swingers, that's exactly how the characters dress in the movie, mm. and, that, and that tracks because that's that's the mid '90s. So there's like a it kind of makes sense for that to, to happen. Mm. So Nicky Driscoll's my 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 favorite fit this week. I like the hair too. I thought the hair looked rad. He looked really familiar, but I didn't bother looking up what else he was in. I don't think he was in anybody. I I want to say he had been on like other teen shows as like a bit right right that's just a guy yeah it's just a guy he had that look like just a guy (laughs) we didn't have any good music last week so we kind of came up with like uh what do you think sharon was listening to this week we actually do two pretty much amazing needle drop moments not amazing but pretty good needle drop moments i'm gonna give you like a background for the song blue moon the song was written in 1935 it was a hit in 1949 and became a hit again in 1961 has been covered by everybody as far as like Mel Torme or the version we got to today's episode, which is Elvis Presley. But one of the biggest versions of this song is a group by the, by the Marcells, mm. a doo-wop group in 1961, who were oddly enough from Pittsburgh, PA, where, which mm. our show is, where our show is from. The Elvis version of Blue Moon is actually kind of kind of cool because usually the version of the song is, is more of a blah, 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 blah. it's actually a faster tune. Mm-hmm. He actually kind of slowed it down. That's kind of a cool version of it. This is like when they slow down a pop song. For, yeah, for for like a movie. Yeah, for, for like a, movie a, trailer, like a trailer. Yeah, yeah. We got like the nineties version of the. I'm trying to think what was the last movie trailer had like a pop song in it. I was like, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. It's hard to like. It's a new pick. thing to do. Like, yeah. Like jo- Jordan Peele is doing that all over with his uh with his movies. Mm. Like uh, I think I got five on it. It's like with oh, slow yeah, down yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's like a that's like a top one. Uh, we also got Johnny Angel, which is a one-hit mm. wonder by an actress named Shelley Favors, from 1962. Oh, I've got a question for you. this. Is in my notes. Okay. Does 
Jordan and Ricky have more chemistry than Jordan and Angela. A rock and Jordan Catalano have more chemistry than <laughs> Angela and Jordan Catalano. I mean, yes, it was a very tender conversation between Jordan and Ricky where Jordan is basically like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like hang out with, hang out with a group of friends that are like at a high school track on motorcycles, just popping wheelies or something. And, and Ricky is like, well, don't, you can stop. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> so. I have to give it up to the writers because they very easily could have written him as like a, homophobic like kind of jock kind of stupid i mean he's kind mm-hmm. of dumb but yeah but like uh that would be the easy way to write them he's got a little mm-hmm. bit more depth than we kind of than, than we would give him credit for because because remember at the end of the conversation say like, hey man once you get out of here because these guys are pretty oh yeah yeah that was nice it really was so in my in my brain i'm like maybe they have better chemistry than ricky and brian have better chemistry than like jordan and Angel. <laughs> Ricky and so, Brian, I'm waiting for that to go down. I mean, they were in each other's clothes at this point. I mean, it was like it's, everything has happened except for the don't, sex. Don't, you know, Ricky could do so much better. Than He's got to get out of this shitty town. Move to New York City, Ricky. Yeah. Or move to Philadelphia. You don't even have to go to New York City. Move to Philadelphia. You don't have to go that far. It's on the other side of the state. I'm not good with geography. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I think my main problem with this episode is that it did feel, like I said, like a J.J. Abrams, like what he did with Felicity, not to spoil Felicity for anybody, but it's been out for a long time. There's like an episode at the end of the season where Felicity time travels or it was like a dream time travel type situation. And this felt like that to me where it didn't fit. This ain't Sabrina the Teenage Witch, okay? This is my so-called life. Right. Like, it didn't fit for me to have, like, this weird... It would have made more sense if, like, Angela, you know, like, took some shrooms or something and was having this, like, experience, but I don't know. If we wrote this episode, that would actually probably make more sense. It's like, her and Rayanne take shrooms for the very first time and then she thinks she's in the 1960s. Yeah. That would make more sense than whatever transported her back... <laughs> there is a there is a movie almost very similar to this plot device. It's with the uh, Kathleen Turner and Nicolas Cage, mm. which a character wakes up and they're back in their high school in the like in the sixties. Uh, I think it's Peggy Sue got married, mm. and it's that sort of thing. Like she's like going through like back in those days as she is now. It's I don't know. It's, it's actually a decent maybe weird Nicolas Cage performance if you can if you can guess that. <laughs> How weird. <laughs> It's 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 weird. He's he's like doing his weird voice. It's like are we doing like is it like face off weird or is it like no? This this is pre face. This is eighties Nicholas Cage. This is before we even thought he was weird. <laughs> like this is before like Moonstruck. Because in Moonstruck, he's still like, oh man, that guy's handsome. Blah blah blah. He's like, he's one of the couple of people. No, this this performance is really fucking weird. <laughs> um. Uh, so as a whole, what'd you think of this episode? You said you were not a fan. I am also was not a fan either. Even though I like. My co-host watched the episode twice. <laughs> I It was a struggle to watch it the second time, if I'm being honest, because I felt like it moved very slow. And then it also didn't really make much sense. Like we have Patty and Graham and they're like sex costumes where they're like, you know, boning in between handing out Halloween candy to neighborhood kids. Don't go to like the Halloween party they're supposed to go to. And then we've got like this 1960s, time travel 
kind of thing happening. And I was just like, I, I don't know. The episode is fine. I think, I think what, uh, what, what turned me off, of course, is like the, the parents, the parents. <laughs> which is, which is odd because like, I wonder what I would have thought of in, in 1984 when the episode aired. And there was like, uh, I probably would have been annoyed back then too, which is really weird because like, like again, we are the same age as the uh, parents that's on this TV show. You and I, I might be a little <laughs> older, but no, I was like, I don't, I, I don't enjoy the two of them doing stuff. No, I, I much prefer when it seemed like their marriage was like almost ending. Right, because it makes for a better, di- better dynamic with how, how, how she grows up. Which is also like. I'm still, like, annoyed that the only way that he could be, like, a good husband and a decent man is to, like, she has to be like, well, you can leave this job and not bring any income in, <laughs> like, follow your dream. And, like, that's what flips, a, like, a switch I mean, for him. That is still blowing my mind. <laughs> like, being an, being an adult with a job who had to, like, provide help provide for his family was, like, the thing that was making him, like, a horrible husband and person. Yeah. That is still blowing my mind. So shout out to Jill Gordon, who wrote the last two episodes, not any of our favorites. Um, <laughs> shout out for writing some episodes right. that were okay and not really uh, our favorites. No, 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 no. Let's just, just put that out there. But we do we do love you, Jill Gordon. There's no Jill Gordon hate on this podcast. No. Um, uh, as I, I, I did look further ahead to see how many episodes were written by Jill Gordon, there is a major one written at the, the end. So we do get oh, okay. a pretty amazing Jill Gordon episode. Okay. So this is love here. This is all love. As I was going back and like editing some episode, the first episode you you said, there's a Daniel episode that is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I'm assuming that was this episode. That was this episode. <laughs> that was the episode that the Daniel episode was kind of sick. Kind of sick. I guess you were just... You were extracting that part of... The actress' name is Lisa Wilhoit and never did do much after this. I think she... Doesn't she do, like, voice acting? Oh, really? I think. That kind of bums me out because, like, uh, you know when you have something on a TV show, like when uh, Jason Bateman was on uh, Silver Spoons and he played, mm-hmm. like, this snarky, like, little kid. Executive was like, oh, that, this kid, that, that guy is going to be a thing. Yeah. That could have been Danielle. That, that could have been Danielle. That could have been Danielle's career. You could have been like the asshole uh, kid who became the asshole adult with the with the smart mouth, and uh, apparently she's on the Family Guy. Mm, don't watch. <laughs> I yeah, don't, I don't watch. watch the <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Lisa Wilhoy. That was the Lisa Wilhoy episode. So good job by her. This moved kind of quickly. So what are you looking forward to for the rest of the season? Because we are officially at the halfway point. I'm so I'm hoping. Honestly, I'm hoping this marriage falls apart in like the next half of this season because I can't take much more of whatever is happening with Patty and Graham. Like, so I'm so repulsed. Um, I do know that there is like more teenage stuff coming, but how much of it? I only know like the one episode that's like the one episode that like stayed in my mind, the Ricky episode. Mm -hmm. That's coming. In between that, it's like, how is it going to be like, 20% 20% teen, 80% parent. Like, I'm worried about the ratio of parent to teen stuff we're going to get because we've gotten quite a bit of parent stuff. We are, I think, I mean, I know about the Ricky episode. The Ricky episode was, uh, was like, featured on, like, Wilson Cruz was on an episode of, like, uh, maybe Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. or Phil Donahue talking about that episode. So, like, I know that's coming. Uh, I know that we have... Uh, 
I think we have a couple Rayanne like incidents that are coming for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we have. I mean, like they're they're pretty much like kind of foreshadowing that what's something's going to happen to Rayanne. Yeah, and we might even probably get another Sharon episode. I've I've actually kind of enjoyed Sharon. Yeah, Sharon's Sharon's like whatever. I'm yeah. mostly concerned because when you think about this show, you think of Angela and Jordan. Correct. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, some of us think of Ricky because we love Ricky, but <laughs> for. Yeah. If you talk about the show, it's Angela and Jordan, but like we're not getting a lot of Angela. We're and really Jordan. not. I was just it just like blows my mind that like that's like the central theme of the show, and we're not getting any of it. I think what it is is that the only only reason why is because within the past like twenty eight to thirty years, Claire Danes and Jared Leto have become like uber famous. Oh yeah. And everybody else is like, I guess has their, their level of fame or whatever they ended up doing. Uh, Tom Irwin, who's on the fucking morning show. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Irwin, who's yeah. in Best Buy selling Apple Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, with that being said, it was like, if, if it wasn't for the fact that we have, like, two all-timers on this TV show, we probably wouldn't be thinking up through the lens of Jordan and Angela. I, I need to, like, go back and watch, I don't know if I can find, like, a trailer for this or something, <laughs> a trailer for My So-Called Life or, like, previews for, like, next episode type things. Because it would be interesting to see if they frame it. How they framed it, yeah. How they frame it, because there's been, like, a collective amnesia <laughs> of people who watch this show of how much of this we're getting. Right. I mean, like, if... if it- Unless in the next, like, nine episodes. <laughs> They cram it. They cram it all in. There's a part of me I think that they do because, like, if I was to rewatch this with somebody, I would have probably skipped maybe a third of the episodes mm-hmm. because of that further storyline. Like, uh, I would have fast forwarded. I would. I would have. I would have. And there's nothing wrong with the episodes, and they're, and they're. I think they're great. It's a great TV show. It's like I probably would have skipped. I may have skipped this one to be quite honestly. I would have only watched it once. And there we go. I think that's a good way to end it. Uh, episode nine, Halloween. I think we're on to some bangers. God willing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're about to see some real bangers for the last ten episodes of uh, my so-called life. But I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> I have been George. That has been Megan. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.